And even if you're not listening to music with words, uh, your brain is still there deconstructing what those words mean. Right. Right. So the way I kind of explain this is when you're sleeping, if I say Jeff, you're going to yeah. wake up. Yeah. Right. It's because the brain's listening. Right. Um, no, normal people or a lot of people, they, uh, they sleep better in thunderstorms. Reason for that is because you evolutionary, there's less predators that hunt at night. Hmm. Hey, this is Jeffrey Wu from the Human Enhancement Podcast, and let's dive right into this week's conversation. I'm with Dan Clark, CEO of Brain FM. So we met a couple months back, and I've been a big fan of the product since probably a couple, two, three years ago, getting into the space of how different interventions can improve our cognitive performance, but especially audio, music. And remember playing around with things like binaural beats, which is not what Brain FM is, but things like binaural beats, Brain FM, and, and other things out there. I think recently we just reconnected and talked mm-hmm. about some of the science and interesting work they're doing in that space. So yeah. excited to have you on the program. Um, um, yeah, happy to be here. Um, very excited to be able to share what we're doing with the community that you have, yeah. and also dispel some of the rumors of binaural beats and how we're differentiating ourselves from it. Right. So let's start from the top. Brain FM, music that can stimulate different cognitive states. Yep. People typically might associate that with things like you know binaural beats. Um, can you disambiguate this space? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot of uh, pop sci that's left over, you know, times before. And binaural beats is one of them. So binaural beats is basically this thing that looked through data to help stimulate brain activity and help people perform. But the person that brought this to attention uh, later came back and was like, well, maybe there's not as much scientific proof. And, you know, that happens a lot in science, right? And what happens with binaural beats specifically is your brain does actually start going um, and and gets to a higher mental state, but it only lasts maybe for two minutes before there's a significant drop off. Hmm. What we're doing is something called neural phase locking, and it's a little bit different where what happens is we are using the AI to re-engineer music that um, normally you would listen to to create those mental states we talked about. And how do you identify these mental states? Are these alpha beta waves? Are these yeah, just sure. subjective states? There's there's a lot um, there's a lot of different states that we've been able to identify through EEG studies. We have a whole science team that is really back behind the scenes to do that. Yeah. But basically what we do is we have these different protocols. So what happens is you have brain waves, yeah. right? And you have uh, many different brain waves, like you were saying, beta, alpha, all that. Yeah. And then you also have uh, these different modules of your brain. But really in a basic setting, what happens is in those sound waves that we're doing, the AI reorganizes the music to move really, really fast in frequency. And that is what, hap- what the effect of what builds you into this protocol, which can enhance your brain waves, right? Or your brain state. So, for example, we know for focus, we have to, in a very simplified explanation, your brain has to move faster, let's say. Okay. Right? So what happens is the whole music is designed to get your brain to move faster. And the way the music is designed as well is with 3D sound and with different kinds of um, modulations, it's made so your brain can't normalize to it. And that is the secret. So we have this patented AI, which I keep talking about, and it keeps changing the music small enough where it captures the attention of your brain and it gets you in the zone by distracting your brain so it doesn't get distracted with the outside distractions of the world. Okay. Right? 
but it also alters, so it's not repetitive. And you get bored of like correct, a but pop it's song. it's so minimal that okay. you can't. So it's all the whole music is built to be in the background. Okay, right. It's interesting. So if, if you go through like an evolutionary reasoning on why it works, is our brains, you know, way back, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, were designed for distractions. But distractions back then weren't distractions. They They're were existential threats. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So what happens is um, now in today's society, when you get a notification on your phone, your primal brain kicks in and goes, oh, oh this is in danger. Yeah. But it, it, it's kind of built that way. Right. So what we do is, is we, you know, the whole system is designed to be in the background and to block out those. A way to kind of identify this. Or take it over in a productive way. Correct. Correct, yeah. exactly. So it does do that. So it, not only is it blocking out distractions, right. but it's also enhancing your brain activity yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think some subjectively, I think we've all personally have experienced the notion that, you know, sometimes listening to a really good track of music, you know, mm-hmm. puts into us into like a focus state or a flow state. So how is that disambiguated with what you're doing with your AI composer? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously just a random pop song that's like catchy it might be like just overly a distraction. Yeah, of course. If it's like a movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You're not, I guess, with the with the phase locking technology that you're talking about. Yep. So that's part of it. There's also um, salience events and things like that. Okay. And um, salience is those sounds that can be distracting. Okay. So what happens is, you know, when you have different kinds of events or different kinds of sound, your brain is processing them. Right. Always. Even if you're not listening to music with words, your brain is still there deconstructing what those words mean. Right. Right. So the way I kind of explain this is. When you're sleeping, if I say Jeff, you're gonna yeah. wake up, yeah. right? It's because the brain's listening. Right. No, normal people or a lot of people they uh, they sleep better in thunderstorms. Reason for that is because you evolutionary there's less predators that hunt at night, hmm. right? So it's the same kind of the idea behind that, um, which leads to this enhancement with the neural phase locking, which gets you to your brain to, to work harder or to be more aligned, I guess, is a better word. And then the ability to have different kinds of events and different kinds of music qualities to be filtered out and have a better experience. Yeah. So the whole time you're using it's premium. Okay. So like neural phase locking, that mm-hmm. this, I, I, I guess, what does that precisely mean? Like you're, you're locking to, you know, brain waves that you're trying to modulate towards and, and mimic, yeah, putting, helping of. your brain stay in that state. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is if you want to think about it, I would, I would probably say that it's if we know you're here mm-hmm. and we want to get you up here. And I'm using for everyone that can't see me is I'm using hands. Yeah. <laughs> but basically the, the neural phase locking is responsible for gently lifting or pushing you up to that that level okay. and then keeping you there. So it's kind of like um, noise canceling headphones, actually, okay. where they play the inverse. So we play these sounds that will bring you up and then another level of the sounds and levels of the frequency bring you higher. Hmm. And they push and push and push until you're there. And then as long as you use the music, it gently pushes you and keeps you there. Okay. When you take the music out, then you start fading back down. Okay. And then like the, the direction is a subjective focus state or is it a like an alpha wave or beta wave comp, like, you know, in terms of measured EEGs, like Mm -hmm. when you say getting you there. Yeah, of course. uh, Like, so there's a bunch of things that that thing triggers. Is that subjective feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, alpha beta waves, both? Yeah, so I would say it's definitely both. So when you have, we call it the aha moment, is we know what people need to be on EEG and with those alpha and beta rays and a combination of that, but also the feeling you get. So you actually do get a feeling of like drinking coffee and getting a slight buzz, Yeah. right? And it's that feeling when you take your headphones out and you notice the absence 
that is the feeling of the focus and the concentration yeah. and the direction that we're yeah. trying to achieve. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So walking back to the genesis of how this technology was invented, I know you have a, a partner who I, I believe when we first chatted was, you know, a sort of a self-taught composer, AI sure. researcher. Yeah. Walk me through the genesis there. Of course. It's and then also just curious to hear, you know, how you also got involved with the project as well. Yeah, of course. So it's a very interesting story. So Adam, he's the founder of the company. He's been doing this for 16 years. Mm -hmm. When he was eight years old, he wrote his first symphony. But he, he basically was always interested in music and was really interested in the brain and how it works. And what he did is he actually started um, in different kind of communities. He pioneered some of the uh, different video games that you can control with your brain way back when it was just first started. So using EEG to like move Correct. So kind of like the early, early brain-computer interface. Exactly, exactly. Okay, cool. And then he started making this program where he figured that through music, because everyone knows, just like you were mentioning before, you can use music to, to change your mental state. Yeah. If you want to be happy, you want to go to the gym, you're going to get more out of it. So he had a theory, basically, that we could use the neural phase locking, which in other circles named as entrainment, okay. uh, to basically to influence that. And he used EEGs and eventually created this, this program, which it was CDs you'd have to listen to every single day. And it was for six months before you started getting the effects that we're talking about right now. Yeah. He later concentrated that to three months and started creating a licensing program. And he worked with different universities and people that wanted to research and keep brainwave concentration in a, in a way to be able to focus that and, and build products from there. Yeah. He, built this licensing program and refined it further from three months to one month. And he started going into that where we started eventually having people that came in and used his product that was for research, started creating companies around it. And you, again, you'd have to use it for a month. Yeah. So he stepped back, stepped back and was like, well, listen, if this people are, there's a need for a consumer product, I'm going to make the best one. Yeah. And refined it further and further and further until eventually it was a week. Eventually it was eight hours, eventually it was two hours, and now we're at 15 minutes. And that's where BrainFM was really born, when he got it down to 15 minutes. Because the whole, the whole premise of give us 15 minutes, yeah. give it a try, yeah. that's a lot more obtainable than giving us six months, <laughs> yeah. basically. So basically the end point of how one, you, making the claim of like six months or three months is that mm -hmm. in 15 minutes of listening to BrainFM, you see shifts in brainwaves to an EEG. Correct. And exactly. there are different from just like listening to control music. Correct. Exactly. So we actually do have, and um, in a second, I'll go, I'll get into how I got involved in the company. Yeah. But so we'd actually have a research grant from uh, National Science Foundation. NSF, right? Yep, yeah. Exactly. And there, um, basically the whole premise is to help us study the effects of our music that we can prove to be on par or beat ADHD medication. Right. And it's through those sources. So um, we do have preliminary data, which you can see on our science page. And then we have this humongous study through this NSF grant. Uh, some of the study and some of the, the raw data that we're getting, we see that uh, some people, they start reacting to the music in two minutes. Right. Some five minutes, some 10 minutes. And you're comparing this to Ritalin or uh, yeah, amphetamines I mean, or... I, I can't say that okay. um, uh, from uh, from from brain FM side, but we could say ADHD. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just but, curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it's like a public clinical trial, then what is it? What is so, it? Oh, okay. What is the control sure. intervention? Sure. So the control right now is music, okay. right? So it's silence. It's, um, 
Brain FM. Okay. And it's in-train music from Brain FM as well. Okay. Um, we do a Spotify focus list and things like that. Okay. So that's the first level. Okay. The second level of this is the comparison of those with actual a, with actual therapeutics. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Of so course. are you guys in phase or part We're one? We're in phase or? one right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then the the goal is to basically go into phase two. With that, we go through FDA approval. Yeah. With that, we go into... That's an interesting uh, territory of like digital therapeutics, right? You start seeing companies with mm-hmm. digital coaches for diabetes or, 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 or obesity, and I think mm-hmm. you start seeing this with the cognitive stuff as well. That's interesting. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The whole idea is that we can be a step before prescribing, yeah. right? So maybe eventually we... Um, so one of the goals is to have an ARCS classification classification eventually so you can go and you can get a medically prescribed by a doctor um in comparison hopefully get reimbursed by insurance exactly that would be cool that is that is one of the goals um but we are building consumer product now yeah and really what we want to do is is have a preliminary step before you take drugs yeah and if we can do that and help people and have them control it then that's that's a win yeah. So that's really kind of the whole main stage. And we went on a little tangent there, yeah. but it does make me excited that... Um, no, I know. I appreciate yeah. going to the science. I think mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think just a skeptic there could be like, you know, music is cool. Like music obviously can help mm-hmm. generally get people in a happy mood, low moods. Yep. Are they just making really cool music that's kind of on par with existing music? Or mm-hmm. is there a statistically significant difference between Brain FM? Yep you know, AI generated, you know, f- neural phase locking music and mm-hmm. like a Justin Bieber song. And it sounds like there's data that suggests and mm-hmm. is mounting that yep. your technology is generating actually statistically different music Correct. than a pop music that, you know, Dr. Dre is like producing <laughs> in his basement. It's, yeah. And, and that's exactly it. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's interesting. So we have this evidence, yeah. we have the data as well, Yeah. but it's really experiential. And getting back to how I got involved yeah. in the company was I was working in advertising before this. Yeah. So um, I've always been in tech, mid websites since I've been 13, yeah. used to build and do advertising with tech and things like yeah. that. At one point I said, you know what? I don't feel like I'm actually contributing to humanity right now. Right. And I had this um, realization that there's something more than this. And I'm, I'm actually looking at new jobs, looking at new opportunities, and I got one of Brain FM's first emails. And to be completely honest, well, one, I've always been interested in human 2.0, yeah. right? In, brain hacking and optimization. Right. But I thought it was like not true. I thought it was, you know, hey, you know or what? Or too good to be true, exactly. right? I think we're all skeptics by nature. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it if there we we have a very um, specific claim basically, yeah. right? And in my thought, I was like, hey, this is email, let's let's try it out free free sessions, which yeah. is what we still do. Yeah. And in the first 15 minutes, I was like, this is pretty cool. This sounds pretty cool. Yeah. 4 hours later, when I was still working and still and realized that four hours went by and I got all this worked up. And you're done. just like listening to this brain FM yeah, stuff four exactly. hours in. Exactly. Okay. And and um, you know, you don't have to listen to four hours. You can listen from fifteen minutes to however long you want. Right. But it blew me away. Yeah. And I brought bought a subscription. Started using it for a month and I go, This is the company I want to be part of. Are they hiring? Nope. Okay, I'm gonna call. <laughs> and I called actually twelve times and I said, Listen Like there's a phone number. Uh, yeah, contacted customer support, got a number, got one of the founders and said, hey, well, it got Adam on the phone. I yeah. was like, hey, I want to be involved. They, they were like, no, we're good. We're good. I was like, I'll work for free. I, I believe in this. I know this is going to change the world. And um, worked for free for a little bit, ended up proving that I knew what I was doing and uh, was the lead engineer for a while. Yeah. And then uh, the, the ex-CEO had moved on and, and um, Adam, based on some of the experience I had before, as well as tech, thought I was best positioned. So here I am. 
So it's um, a crazy story, especially like twelve just like cold calls. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe mean, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, like that's it's, some crazy persistence. Exactly. I mean, you had to have some kind of crazy conviction to be like, I will work for free. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 one of the. So I've done startups. I've I've, I've done this kind of life before. Yeah. And it's the first company that I've been part of where I actually genuinely feel that we there's can... a real product. There's real technology differentiator. Yeah, we yeah. can we can enhance humanity. I mean, there's some things that we're working on, some preliminary data we have, which we can go through. Yeah. But it's it's really exciting. So yeah. just on the focus side, we talked about how we want to go into arcs classification, yeah. and really we have two sets of people that we want to help. Right. We can help the people that have ADHD right. or have some kind of thing that limits them from compete maybe in the workplace or something like that right and then additionally we can be a tool for people to get above that and that's the human optimization we're talking about in sleep is a whole nother product that we have yeah in sleep the claim is the same exact that we can help people fall asleep in 15 minutes yeah right so when we look at that and we look at what we're trying to do it kind of sets out to the path how can we help humanity how can we basically unlock what's already inside of them, just like what human is doing. Yeah. But we go about it a different route than yeah. you guys do. Yeah, no, I think it's actually, it's, like, it's a fun conversation. Because I think mm-hmm. we see a lot of the same opportunities with mm-hmm. how we build technologies, products to help people be better versions of themselves. Yes. I think it's like very synergistic, right? Like there's mm-hmm. things that one can consume, like some of the, our supplements are consumables. There's things you can consume through your auditory system, yep. things that you know you can consume through visual. Mm-hmm. And not only, I think, do they work in very separate pathways, maybe they synergize. I mean, I think that could be, you know, down the line, something interesting to look at. Can these things start stacking, you know, beyond each other? For sure. But I think For just sure. like subjectively, just given, you know, N equals one experiment and just some of the folks in, in our company that have been using Brain FM, it is kind of a, you know, what I would say is that like, you know, obviously without having any like numerical measures, definitely better music than like an average like pop track or a Spotify focus list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's something to what you're saying where like, hey, there's something interesting with the music that you guys are producing that's different from, you know, something that's like supposed to get me to like share it or, or virally like share it to people in three minutes, right? Like mm-hmm. there's different goals to like what pop composers are doing than what you guys are doing. Totally. Like if we actually look at just what music and why music is created, yeah. music is created so you focus on the music. Yeah. That's why they have changing tempos and changing beats yeah. and vocals yeah. and they want you to sing it, they want you to be catchy yeah. and they want you to buy the album and go to the concert. Yeah. That's not our goal. Yeah. Our goal is literally to have us go on your phone or on the website and not use us when you start playing. Yeah. So you don't re-engage back with the app. Yeah. Just focus on what you got to do. Yeah. So it's a completely set of different goals. It's a completely set of outcomes, and that's why our music is different. Yeah, which, which is, makes sense from like just an objective function, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. the music industry is, I think you put it quite nicely. So I think even from that core insight, there's like something interesting you guys are working on just from like you know, a, a root cause perspective. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious about like the, you know, you were talking about, you know, what are the future directions? So you have focus, mm-hmm. track, you have, I haven't used the sleep uh, okay. track yet, but I'm actually, I need to get on it. I'm curious, especially with the, I've been using the Aura Ring a lot. I and, saw that, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's been fun tracking, you know, my HRV and, mm-hmm. and sleep depth with that. So it could be interesting as, uh, as an intervention, testing out, you know, mm-hmm. different interventions affect sleep. Um, what else is in the pipeline or what are you excited about working on? Sure. So share? we're working on workout music. Okay. So it's still in, uh, it's still at least, you know, three, four months away, but we just started playing with it internally. And yeah. I have to say, I'm very excited because it's kind of like taking a shot of coffee where focus gradually gets you there. This is like, boom, and you get there. 
and I've worked out with it. And when I, excuse me, when I say get there, I, say, I mean in the zone, just we're on the same page, yeah. right? And you know, if you're running, you get that runner's high. Yeah. If you're at the gym, you get that pump. Yeah. You don't always get it every time. Right. The premise is what if we could produce that every single time right. within 15 minutes? Right. And just the first QA version of this uh, is very has very promising results because you gotta check it out. I mean, yeah. is like would you compare it to like a pre workout caffeine? Yeah, so shake. We actually are actually looking at two. So we're okay. looking at workout yeah. into two segments. One is the pre workout. Right. So you would actually listen to music to get you in the mental yeah. zone of going. So kind of right. like how Michael Phelps listens to a playlist before he jumps in the pool. Right. This could be used for that. Right. And then another music would be to help you sustain there. And um, mm. be able to control basically the blood flow right. around your body, right. your brain, and all of that. Yeah, no, I mean, mm. sense of reason, right? Like, I think most athletes are like trying to get into some zone. You see, like, people in the locker room with their headsets mm -hmm. on, probably listen to some aggressive R and like, hip hop or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, some M and M, right? Right, so something <laughs> aggressive gets you pumped. So, I, yeah. yeah, I think another interesting, yeah, study would be like, how do you benchmark against like standard gold? I, I, I guess if there's a gold standard, it's probably like get some like aggressive <laughs> testosterone music going. It's right? interesting. So we did do a quick pilot study yeah. uh, last Olympics. So not this one going on, but we gave it to the Olympic wrestling team. Okay. And we had the youngest male competitor win gold. Okay. Right. And what they did, and, and they also, we had more, more than that, but that's uh, something that is pretty impressive, especially yeah. because it's the first time it's ever been done. Right. Um, but we had a lot of other people win gold as well. And it was really interesting because they use our sleep in combination with our focus product okay. between sets and things like that okay. in the same level. So they almost stack them against e right. or with each other and it helps them focus, do better in the matches, yeah. but then also recover faster at night. Cool. Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, I think there's some interesting signal for getting adoption mm -hmm. with like some of the elite of the elite. Yep. Right. And I think to get that, you know, RCT status, like, yeah, you know, have it against like control music. Yep. But it's like, sounds like, you know, you guys are working out with the NSF We're band and all of that. And as you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's expensive, right? And yeah. we have to make sure that um, some of these tests that we're doing, they haven't actually really been done before. So we have to design tests and make sure that they work. Right. And go through yeah, that. No, I so. mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, it's not to say it's, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, do more research. <laughs> but I think it is true. I mean, I think for us, you know, that's something we think about a lot. How do we benchmark mm -hmm. against gold center of control? And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, for music, it's actually kind of hard. Like, yeah. what is even it's interesting. placebo music? Yeah. Right? Like yeah, a placebo exactly. pill, a placebo drink. Mm -hmm. You could be like, you know, bitter masked drink to match mm -hmm. against our ketone ester or like a placebo pill with uh, cellulose mm -hmm. for like a, a nootropic stack. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's how do you think about like placebo music? Sure. So I think placebo music is kind of hard because even in preliminary, in the studies that we have already on our website, yeah. you can compare silence comparatively to Spotify music. Mm -hmm. And actually Spotify music is less helpful in like Sartas and things like that. Okay. Because it's distracting. But yeah. if you have silence, you can get there faster. Yeah. And when we con control or we compare against Brain FM, right. And it is, there is a measurable improvement, right? Right. So if we get back to the placebo music, it, I think it's actually subjective based on the person. So yeah. some people like EDM music. Yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah. And some people really like, you know, country. Why? Or like orchestra, all, orchestral, or orchestra, right? piano. Yeah, yeah. It's subjective. So um, it's it's kind of challenging to be able to isolate that as well. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we do have piano music and classical and yeah. ambient and all you know, those. It, yeah, things, it was like yeah. one thing I thought was interesting that. You essentially, you are separating out 
the medium or the instrumentation to mm -hmm. the neural phase locking yep. work that you're working on. Mm -hmm. Can you, how does that work, right? Like, you know, it's an interesting thing about, you know, there's two things going on, right? Mm -hmm. One is like the, the delivery mechanism yep. of some audio signals that are going mm -hmm. to your brain. Sure. Does instrumentation affect how that delivery happens? It does, yeah. So, um, you know, and I, I take this with a grain of salt yeah. because I am not the lead composer. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. Yeah. But uh, there's there's a lot of different things that go in, into it. If we have protocol, right, yeah. that we're trying to uh, neural phase lock, it, if we, we do it for electronic music because it's more poppy and it's more, maybe it moves faster, we have to use a different protocol to make sure that that works and to get the effect that we desire in comparison to piano. So we have piano and um, electronic music. Right. Piano music is a little bit more lower, you know, it's, it's, it's more, it's not as fast, basically. So we have to change the, the protocols to be able to work with that. And that's the, the real big thing on, on training our AI and being able to create and understand what we're trying to control, what music is going in, and really how does the music have to change right. to be able to get the desired effect. Yeah. Um, our whole process is actually uh, kind of complicated where the composers and the AI work together. Hmm. It's not a composer that makes a track and then gives it to the AI to resequence. It's actually an iterative process. So they do it in like one second or two second um, chunks. Chunks, basically. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like almost like an array if you're a programmer, yeah. right? And then they feed that to the AI and it basically composes and it matches songs and different frequencies together and it actually produces these beautiful tracks huh. which sound like someone created. Right. Um, and then sometimes... How, how many iterations typically? So there's a lot. Um, it depends. So that's that's the advancement. So with the protocol and with the refinement of the neural phase locking, we're able to produce someone to zone in in 15 minutes, yeah. right? And we have that pretty down pat because that's, our, that's um, our, our gold standard for what we're trying to achieve. For us to get there, even just a year ago, it took us four months to make five tracks kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's and just like your composer that, and the AI just like iterating and, like and you listening to it. It's like, ah, it's not. Correct. And the composer like, yeah. changing it, highlighting, saying, yeah. hey, this is not right. And that was a year ago. And in the last two months, we just QA'd like 85 tracks kind of thing. So not only are we... Is that QAing like you and a, your team, your, your yeah. beta users like, hmm, this... <laughs> so firstly, we do internal QA. Yeah. So we have our musicians that basically do the first round right. because they're the composers, the musicians, right. and we have different people that have one, you know, they work, you just work for video games right. and, and different kinds of things. Um, and then it goes through an internal team of QA. Right. And then we do a, a closed beta list basically yeah. of, of people that have been power users since maybe even before Brain FM was there right. or um, have been there since the beginning and they're, they're, they want more, right. you know? Um, and we basically get feedback. We combo it in based on musical quality, what they like, how they perceive and what activity they're doing. Right. And then we tag the music and classify it on what activity. So, hey, some music is more relaxed and we build it that way on purpose. So right. it's better for reading a book. Right. Some is really high energy, and it's better for coding right. or whatever, and we tag it that too. We're actually redeveloping our app to be basically be able to have users pick that. Yeah, it's, cool. It's fun, yeah. And I mean, it's it's, a, it's such a cool premise. I mean, I think um, it's cool that you guys are taking like uh, 
not just you know an AI robotic approach, but really just interesting combination of you know art, artistry mm-hmm. of like actually having composers and having it sort of informed by your software mm-hmm. to, to develop the type of neural phase locking that you're describing, which is like an interesting combination of art and technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then in the future, you know, we're looking to expand that even more. Yeah. So how do we complete the loop? between the person, the specific person using it. Right. right now we have an algorithm based on how many times you skip a track right. or how you rate it. Um, but you know the thing you're wearing on your finger yeah. and as well as other trackers um, right. on people's wrists, that's something down the road, but we're looking to help integrate into that as well. Closing the loop. Exactly. Yeah. And that I think is the really the gold standard. So now you can rate the app, you can tell it, but now we also know the inside of your body and how it's reacting. Right. Um, and that's something that we're striving to yeah. as well. I think it makes sense, right? I think we all, and I agree with you in the sense that we can nudge ourselves. I want to be more focused, like, mm-hmm. or, or I, I, I want to be more, cre- I, I think mm-hmm. we kind of modulate mm-hmm. our thinking already. And it oftentimes is just substantiated by the environment or it's like molded by the environment. Correct. And you're saying, hey, we can have music mm-hmm. that's actually designed for certain types of environment. Exactly. Now, yeah. we can make music on the counterclaim yeah. um, that we can make music really annoying, right? Yeah. But anyone can. <laughs> Gunshots. Um, trains firing or, or, or train tracks, you know, I live, I live in New York subways. Um, there's a lot of stuff. And what happens is because your brain wants to get into a place anyway, as far as like getting in the zone to help you get your goal faster, it helps. But if we were trying to negatively make music, it would, it wouldn't do anything. It would just be annoying. Right. Kind of thing. So there's not really a, maybe an Orson Welles thing to be scared of. Right. Okay, yeah. maybe annoying, but I guess, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, or it's, can you make people more aggressive? Or I guess it's kind of like, it kind of associated with the pre workout because mm-hmm. you kind of want elevated testosterone or aggression, like when you get that pump and, and lift yeah, heavy weights. I, I think it's, I think it's really, well, first off, is it's subjective, yeah. right? I think, I think it's, it's hard to quantify that because we're not actually re- increasing testosterone in people. Right. I think that if someone was using our music, let's say in the worst case scenario, and they, they were aggressive. I don't know if that would be our music. It would just be something that they were using during it. Right. Know, like wearing an orange shirt. Right. Being committing a crime. Right. Doesn't mean that people that wear orange shirts. Orange shorts are, correlated or exactly. causate, causative. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. So, you know, there's there's a lot still that we're we're discovering and yeah. working on. Um, but as of right now, we don't have any, yeah. um, you know, evidence to show that. Yeah. That I mean, I, I think just as mm-hmm. with any technology, if we can ostensibly use it for good, mm-hmm. there should be... Just as much magnitude for not good. I mean, like good or yeah. not good is just like a moral to science, mm-hmm. right? Just oh, like of course. if we yeah. can push people to you know be more focused, then it stands to reason you could push people to be more um, distracted or annoyed or, mm-hmm. or, or some other yeah, non-socially acceptable behaviors. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we could, um, but then no one would use our product, right? No, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. it's just an interesting theoretical, just yeah, like discussion totally. as we're talking about like mm-hmm. some of the interesting, yeah. you know, f- f- brain sites that you're able to help generate. Yeah, you know, I, again, um, I think it's an interesting question. Uh, you know, currently. We, we aren't researching it. Yeah. Um, and from the science team that we do have on staff, um, you know, I've actually asked this question. And again, I think it's it's more about the the difference in, in what you're trying to achieve yeah. and, and what they are. And because the phase locking, the way it works is it lines up and it gets you there quicker. If it doesn't line up, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. And that's the secret yeah. behind it. So if, if we're trying to make annoying music and it doesn't line up, in, in creating a certain kind of mental state that we can achieve, then it's not going to 
yeah. not going to work. Or but, people just going to well, turn it off. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but cool. it's a great question. Yeah. I mean, I, I welcome all of it because we're really, I mean, to be completely honest, um, similar to you guys, we're embarking on a completely new path that hasn't been done before. Sure. Uh, so I always welcome queries and questions. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's that. like, I th- there's a part of it's like philosophy in terms of just like, you know, what are the possibilities? Mm-hmm. And of course, like we like to save time, energy and resources by, by moving in, you know, philosophical directions that yep. are supported by science and evidence. Otherwise you're just making up your own stories. Yep. Exactly. Right? Yeah. What else? Yeah. What else is on your radar? I mean, obviously, you know, neural phase locking music mm-hmm. is a big part of how you're optimizing your day. Anything yep. interesting in terms of, sounds like you have a pretty heavy uh, travel schedule. Uh, just personally, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to shout out to you guys, but uh, last time when we met and we came up, you know, I've always, I've tried coffee goose before. I've tried uh, the new tropics you guys have. And I want to make sure, especially coming here, yeah. I, got, I got to try them all. So I got them all. <laughs> um, and I've been using them. And I have to say, um, I got re-addicted to coffee cubes. Uh, not only just because they're, they're awesome, but um, I just love the convenience, especially yeah. traveling. Because, you know, I'm on a plane and I, I want my Starbucks, <laughs> you know? And I just go in my bag. I grab a grab. A That's cube. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Cool. No, appreciate it. Yeah, hey, anything? I mean, just curious. Just like mm-hmm. you know, you know, any other new things? You know, I think for me, just like getting an order ring was just mm-hmm. awesome. As like an interesting, I think uh, it, to me, an interesting device that's like much more useful than like a crazy smartwatch or, or, or more convenient than that. Yeah, I mean, let's, I'm just trying to think if yeah. there's anything. You know, I I do different kinds of fastings now, like you know, oh, okay. as far as intermittent fasting, yeah. things like that. Um, I've actually changed my diet traveling a lot too. So um, I'm not really super gluten sensitive, yeah. but I've changed that. So when I am traveling, I don't have any gluten. I don't have any milk. It sounds kind of you know, silly because I, I do do it when I'm home, but I think it's with the time zones and the differences. Yeah. It gives me, it erases all my mental fog and actually makes me, it, it makes it easier to go to sleep at night. Interesting. Mm, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I try to, when I do travel, I try to stay more pure, I guess is the best word. Um, you know, I try to stay away from beer and, uh, you know, maybe have a, if I'm going to drink, maybe a vodka soda or something like that. Interesting. And, uh, it does help as well. Yeah. No, Just I, something I've been experimenting with. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's something that like for me, it used to be travel days used to be kind of cheat days in mm-hmm. terms of, like, Oh, I'm in an airport. I can eat that Burger King. And then I was that way too. But like this week, this month I've been home for three days. Yeah. Um, so I've been, you know, you name a city, I've been there this month and there became a time where I was like, I've gained 10 pounds. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So now being home for me yeah. is cheat days and traveling is more of the diet. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think traveling sometimes the best days to fast. Cause like, okay, if you're going to eat kind of crappy airport food anyways, mm-hmm. I'd it's like a very constrained time to just like be good at fasting. And when you actually get down to that, you know, New York or Austin or SF, mm-hmm. there's like awesome food there. Yeah, And exactly. just eat really good food while you're, you're actually, you know, at the place at the destination as opposed mm-hmm. to like eating know some you know airport fast food yep yeah and then um actually one other thing now that we're on the subject is last time we chatted you were talking about getting testing strips yeah for ketones exactly yeah so i've I've been going into that diet recently okay um i have the strips i've been doing it um (laughs) it's it's been really great as far as uh like mental clarity and just even that aside just feeling really good yeah. and feeling like I have some really great energy and I really do like the um the ability to have control over my my feelings yeah. and my emotional state and all that that is connected to yeah. what you put in your body yeah 
So absolutely, I think there's yeah more and more data around ketosis as an interesting metabolic state to be in. Mm. I think one thing that I thought was interesting is that you know you're a New Yorker. Yep. Uh, thinking about coming to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I just I mean just something can completely sort of orthogonal to our conversation here, but there's you know some discussion that SF is too insular in terms of <laughs> tech and Silicon yeah. Valley. Mm-hmm. I'm actually curious, you know, you know, uh, you know, as a New Yorker, is that what you perceive? What is your impression? Is that just like just like the the tech community being too sure. into themselves and just I think there's creating there's some a, insular yeah. drama. Yeah, I think there's advantages and disadvantages of both cities. Um, yeah. And I, you know, so I'm actually from Boston, yeah. right? And I moved to New York when I um, was promoted CEO yeah. because it's it's one of those things where unless you're in New York or SF, people are are like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So um, and that's not always the case, but. Uh, I think the difference between New York and SF is part influenced by the culture of New England and people are being a little bit more in a bubble, right? And a lot of people say that New Yorkers are mean or something like that. And really just people have a bubble up. But if you talk to anyone and you get through that bubble, they're the nicest people ever. And they're real, which I like. San Francisco has less of a bubble, I would say. You can go up to people and you can talk to them and they're willing to help and, and more have that karma Karma right. vibe, I would say. But I think New Yorkers, yeah. I would say, just to be broadly stereotypical. Yeah, let's or do it. Broadly, you know, just more direct at least. Yeah. Which is like refreshing too, right? Mm-hmm. You could be like, everyone's kind of trying to be helpful, but yep. like, just tell me I'm going to do something or like, no, I can't help you, right? Sometimes yeah. that's like refreshing too. That's true. I mean, I, <laughs> I personally coming from Boston, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I would rather be, because the whole way I do business and, and conduct my personal life and everything is I am brutally honest yeah. in a respectful way. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I'm not mean or or um, non-professional or something. But I always say what I mean, and I'm always transparent in my thoughts yeah. and the way I approach things. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it when I can have that conversation with someone and have a ten-minute thing and get through maybe an uncomfortable spot. Yeah. Then rather than dragging it out for right. and people are too awkward to like <laughs> you know actually broach the crux of the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So there's advantages there. Um, I, I mean, you've been living here long, longer than I yeah. have. So, um, you know, I'll have to see as I live here longer. But, yeah. you know, it is their own. The one thing that you guys have, though, that I can't say New York has, is you guys have nicer weather than we do all year. <laughs> <laughs> so, but And this is a day where it was raining quite heavily today. So besides, yeah, but I guess this is compared to what New York is like, yeah, at least we're not in snow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the things that wakes me up every day and the reason why I get out of bed is because I feel like we have a responsibility to share this with the world because I feel that we have this golden egg. I don't want to keep it to myself. I want to share it. And that's also relevant in our pricing and things like that. Yeah. This is not for the elite alpha member at $1,000 a month. It is for all of humanity. Um, so I think part of our mission is being able to share this and spread it to people as something that can help people or help them unlock or really help them normalize or help them unlock what's already inside them. Well said. Yeah, thank you. Dan at brain.fm. Check out his service, brain.fm. Uh, I'll leave it there. Um, thanks so much to the human community. Go bother him. He put his email out there. <laughs> but try out the product. You know, again, big fan personally. Uh, worth checking out. There's some free uh, uh, samples, right? Yep. And if you like it, you know, subscribe. 
And then as always, appreciate the feedback and loyalty and, and, and support that you guys show us. We've opened up an email hotline for all you podcast listeners, podcast at hvmn.com. Both Zill, our producer, and I read every single one of those emails. And we had a nice flood of responses uh, over the last week. So uh, to, to give you a reminder on what that is, just give us a review on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, and send it over to podcast.human.com, and we'll hook you up with a free Sprint mini bottle. Uh, Sprint is our acute nootropic that helps you get into a flow state. But, but, but regardless of you know, the review or, 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 or the free Sprint mini, I just, and Zill just enjoys your feedbacks and comments. It helps us improve the program, get the right content, and uh, it keeps us motivated to do a good job on this program. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And talk to you soon.